Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Red four. Red four say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I wish if you're not watching, please do watch, because the fact that Ahmed went to Texas all of a sudden it became one of that. Red four said, huh? Oh, yeah, we're back. He's back. The great signal caller. Nobody can handle crowd noise better than Ahmed Farid. He's from Detroit, but when he puts his hands underneath the center, he's from Texas and goes, red vote, red vote. Red four. That's so great. I tweeted that I'm more Texas quarterback than the Texas quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. I don't know how I did that. (laughs) You're right. Yeah, no doubt about it. But we do have some submissions today. So it's our new thing. It's our new thing. I like it. Rate your snap count. Right. We have two people that submitted a snap count. Good. And we'll have to see. Is it better than Red 4? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We can't say that right now. We will get to them. Well, we're going to have three submissions. Three. The two people that sent in, and then you're going again. I mean, we need to work on it. So it's, it's now my brand, right? I, I, like, how do I not embrace it? You can work with Red Four. We can do that. We're it's just not- going to work on the timing, the rhythm, and then the set hut part of it to really make it good. <laughs> and then when you get that, yeah. I'm going to further embarrass you yeah. and then ask you to do it a hard count. So I mean, this we're going to go to the phases, and right. I hope the fans join us here, like the listeners. So this has become a tradition of the right. pod, right? Right. So I think so. It's, it's what I've become at the top of the show is we embarrass Ahmed. So it was with Red Four right. last time. I wasn't trying. I thought that was a good snap count. Yeah, but it was okay. I've come to find out now that it was not that great. Right. Well, everyone's yes. made fun of me for it. And so, and then during the pandemic, what was it? I came out and I, I thought it was a safe zone. And I said I was team bidet. Yeah. And so now I'm the bidet guy. Right. I'm the water squirter down there. Right. And also, for many episodes in a row, at the end of the show, we did a pit check. Yes. Because I had sweaty pits hey. a lot of last summer. Hey. It's gotten better. I, it it has gotten better. You're right. Your pits have gotten better. The I don't know about your bidet usage. I'm sure that's staying Still sky good. High. Okay. Still sky high. <laughs> that's good to hear. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and don't say that. What? We don't only embarrass you. I embarrass myself at the start of the That's show true. plenty of times, that too. Is true. All right, good. Right. So I just want to make sure we're in this together. <laughs> I don't want to throw you out there. No, but it's, it's honestly very freeing, right? It's like this is the most vulnerable and like you can be, and I like it. You I know? can't like, just start the football podcast being like, all right, let's get into it. Let's start talking about yeah. football. I don't know. I like to have a conversation with you yes. and talk a little bit, throw right. a little curveball out there. I feel like it gets me in the mood. Does it get you in the mood? <laughs> oh, speaking of that, we have something to begin our show today. Oh, do we? Chris Sims, 
professional body inspector. Oh, that I am. Most awkward transition in this show's history. Take no, your shirt off true. and let me not check. Let true. me see your not body now. <laughs> By the way, your dad is not here on the show. Dude, I give up with my fucking dad all right i don't even know what to say Which at the end of the show yeah. i was listening with you and paul great right. show by the way thank you uh at the end you go 100 percent. dad will be here 100 percent. last wednesday he goes oh you know you just need to let me know when you're going to use it and i said all right i said let's just plan on every wednesday around 11 30 okay yeah. got it got it i'm good boom i'll be there at 11 30 okay now i got it in my calendar and we're all good so, you know, Pete always, you saw the group text last night. I did. He always sends a text message out the night before just to go, hey, you know, your dad, you think he'll be on, and all sure. those type of things. Yeah. I sent my father that along with like two other questions I asked him. He didn't answer Ooh. the pod one. So that was the first thing I was like, Ugh. he answered the other two questions. He didn't answer that. Then I didn't hear from him this morning. I had to send the text back again. And, hey, I don't know. Apparently he has something he's doing with NFL films right now. So, and again, this is the other issue with my dad, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is like any time that this is big time. He doesn't even know his own fucking schedule. That's what drives me crazy. Right. He has an assistant that mm-hmm. kind of keeps track of all those things. So he thinks, oh, yeah, Wednesday at 1130. And he doesn't check until she yeah. tells him the morning of or whatever. So, he's day to day. So he's dead to us for now. He's dead to dead. us until next Wednesday. Dead. Until next our- Wednesday, and we need, we need to fill some time. Uh, We're going to get into your other quarterbacks here. Yes. Uh, We have a little reaction to the first five quarterbacks. Oh, really? Just a little? A little reaction. Just a little. You had three rookies in there. We're going to go 35 through 31 on this show. Yes. But first, the most important thing. Right. We got to go. Chris Sims, professional body inspector. That's right. This is your brand. And if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see a very tiny looking Aaron Jones standing next to a very giant looking A.J. Dillon, uh, who has massive quads and hamstrings. Massive. I mean, first off, Aaron Jones is an undersized running back. A.J. Dillon is a plus-size running back. (laughs) He is really a specimen, so this is no disrespect to Aaron Jones. I mean, A.J. Dillon, I said today on PFT, I've been around NFL running backs my whole life. You know, as far as just the pure look specimen aspect of it, it's as impressive as anybody you'll ever see. I mean, that's, yes. When I was on the field at Notre Dame, playing, they were playing Boston College. I mean, yeah, he's a grown man. He was a grown man then, he is now. There's no doubt about that. Like, I mean, how does he compare to Derrick Henry? Like, maybe not quite as, you know, he's not as tall, but he's thicker than Derrick Henry for sure. And especially on the lower half. Like, Derrick Henry's not as thick as you would think for a big-time power running back, at least in his legs. Yeah. He's got a little bit more of a, almost a track speed type leg to him rather than maybe that power look that A.J. Dillon has. Yeah. This is more like, to me, like... um you know, the old guy for the Giants. Uh, not, I said this name today. Brandon Jacobs. Remember okay. the Giant yep. running back there? Yeah. The, the just really thick, a huge man, everything like that. It, to me, is more like that. And, I mean, first off, I am a professional body watcher <laughs> of men especially. Okay? That's part of what I do and what I did. And You're I, right. There are embarrassing things that happen uh, for you on this exactly. podcast. Exactly. Thank you very much. I think the first thing I look at is I would probably say they're wearing the same size shorts. Right, which is insane. Which is insane, I think. And so, if you're not, if you're just listening, you uh, need to watch AJ Dillon. He, he's got wedgie going. He's got maximum he's, wedgie, which, by the way, might be cheating. It's like almost like a guy who works out in the upper body and wears a t-shirt that's a little too small to make him look even more jacked. 
Like, I don't know, is that is, is A.J. Dillon cheating with that massive wedgie he's working right well, now? Well, it, it's accentuating his glutes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's got some hungry shorts that are eating his ass, as we would have said in the NFL. That's what that was that saying always. Oh, your shorts are hungry. And everybody like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he'd be like, they're eating your ass. It's Offensive like, linemen, that would happen to a lot, Oh, definitely, imagine. definitely. Or it could happen to that running back or that sure. guy that's got, like, yeah, the ultimate junk in the trunk. Like, I yeah. couldn't do that. I don't have enough ass cheek to yeah. actually get... And neither could you no. to well, get the shorts no. caught up in there. Small enough shorts, maybe. Maybe. But that's like just because of pure smallness. Yeah. Like it's not because of like the power. Okay. And so look okay. at those calves. Yeah. I mean those he, are power calves. Okay, but here we here we go. So right. we had Mike Davis on yeah. not long ago, right? right? With Paul. So here let's compare like those quads for Mike like that I, that's I have a hard time believing Mike Davis is not photoshopped there. No, no. See, this is where I think the Mike Davis and where it's a little misleading. His foot's in the air. Yeah. And maybe the mass of the leg is also up in the air. It's almost like it's been thrusted up. I don't think it's a floating muscle. A little bit. I mean, I'd like to see it like standing like in place. I don't think it would look quite as big. I think it kind of got either way. It's impressive. I'm not trying to take away from that, but we've been watching Mike Davis for the last seven or eight years. I watched him come out of South Carolina at no point did I ever think his legs were in AJ Dillon's category, even though they were impressive legs. So that might be the one frame where he beats AJ. It does. He beats him there. I got to see more of, just standing around shots yeah. uh, first. But <laughs> then even, like, dude, the hamstrings on A.J. Dillon, like, look at that right hamstring. You can see, like, the striations. That's not like, <laughs> like, uh, what is that? Like, uh, what's the fat you lipo, like, uh, liposuction off? What do they call that? Cellulite? Cellulite, yeah. That's not cellulite no. down there. That is, like, the, like, truly the muscle of the hamstring and all of that popping through the skin because that's how freaking well, rocked yeah. up he is. And so, the calves, pretty amazing. Right? The calves he has, like, are one, amazing. He has, like, a muscle on each calf just standing there. I know. He's it, flexing. He's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's impressive. It right. really is. So, to complete this, yeah. and we apologize to our audio listeners, you're just going to have to pull up the YouTube video that's what you gotta at do. this point. Yeah. Uh, the final one is an opposite look here. This is Aaron Rodgers. On vacation, let's pass him through the Chris Sims professional body inspector. Hey, it's not bad. I hear a lot of, like, the dad bod stuff and all that. First off, I don't think this is, like, the best Aaron Rodgers in shape he is. Like, Rodgers can get pretty rocked up. Yeah. When he's, you know, I've heard, I heard him on Kenny Mayne the other night. He's been doing, like, a cleanse and doing that kind of he stuff. Do, he seems skinnier, He definitely right? seems skinnier. You can see in his face, his neck, and all of those type of things. He's probably right at the phase right now of cutting weight, you know, kind of making his body clean, yeah. and now you build from here, right? You're getting a few months away. Now he's going to start lifting and training, so it's good weight, not a lot of fat, all those type of things. It's not bad. I would have expected bad. better from Rodgers. Yeah. You know, I had one friend go like, you know, look at his like obliques and thing. They just look weird through there. <laughs> and, and what I would tell you to that is a lot of throwers have so those. So hold on. I just want to picture that. Quarterbacks like fr- don't always have that V yeah. up like a, top. Like you a know friend what I mean? of yours calling you up and going like, hey, man. If you have a second, check out uh, Aaron Rodgers' obliques. Well, when you get a, it wasn't a more of that. It was more of, <laughs> like, what's up with the midsection of your yeah. dude? Okay, yeah. that's what I got. Yeah. And it's not that there's fat there. It's not maybe not ripped. Mm-hmm. But here's another thing I, I'll say. Being a professional man-body breaker downer, For sure. okay, and that's what I am. You know, like we talk about sometimes, like, 
you ever hear like really fast guys, right? They have that a long Achilles tendon and like the calf muscles really small, right at the top. I've never heard that before. You, but you've okay. never heard that? No. Yeah. If you look at a track guy, if you look at Michael Jordan, you know Michael Jordan didn't jump. 50 inches because he had the strongest legs. He had a long Achilles tendon. He had longer, long levers. Yes, it's like if you look at any great receiver in the NFL for the most part, even yeah. a little bit of Aaron Jones in that picture that we just saw right there, it's usually a really small, tight, like, calf muscle okay. with a long Achilles, which adds to the lever and their ability to, you know, spring, be explosive, do those type of things. Right. Right? So um, my point being, and, tr- and really fast guys, Odell Beckham Jr. has those type of legs, right? Yeah. You know, Tyree Kill have that type of leg. But my point is with a quarterback, yeah. what makes a quarterback a great thrower is, of course, their levers on their upper body for the more times than not. More times than not, you hear quarterbacks have long arms, big hands. Why, right. why does that matter? Well, it's the lever theories. It helps. And, of course, to grab the football. But the other aspect is I would say most really good throwers – and I, I, I'm not going to take my shirt off here, but I always was big through here because you're rotating all the time. Your life is rotation. Yep. And it's one of the more gifted muscles of your body as a thrower. And that's why it can look like maybe not quite like, you know, you could see a, re- a football player at times where they got that V up top, right? Yeah. Where it's like he goes from broad shoulders to tight waist. You're not going to see that on quarterbacks. That's not going to happen because they're too developed through here and needing these muscles to throw, and it's part of what makes them a good throw. I thought that was the rib pad, usually, the rib pad. It's more below the rib pad, oh. though. And you might, you, know, you might have to see these guys in underwear to know that, yeah. and most of you will not. So just take yeah. it from me who's looked at these guys right, in do, underwear. Do this. Call up. You, you've got a lot of friends in the league. Call yeah. up a lot of the quarterbacks. Right. Have them send in You've shots seen Brady with his shirt off. Yeah. You could see Not Big impressive. Ben has this here or there. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's more, there's you more know who squareness. Has Mac Jones has the squareness. Without a doubt. Very, very, very square. Very square. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, not bad there. I, I would like to see Rodgers take his shirt off like a month from now. Yeah. And I bet you it's going to be a different look. The concern is that you lose enough weight, you're going to start losing muscle. Too. That, that I don't is, want him to lose muscle. No, he cannot do that. He did that two MVP. years ago. And the year he went 26-4 and four with his touchdowns and when they lost to the 49ers. And he lost, I thought, a little bit of explosion in his running and yeah. even his arm. Last year, I knew he came into the year with it. And, and in that same year, I remember thinking, man, his pants can barely stay up over his ass. Hmm. Right? Last year, he came in rocked up. And I'll tell you where I knew it. The State Farm commercial. The one where he's throwing the ball to the dog and then he yeah. throws one so far that, you know, you hear the car alarm go off. Yeah. I mean, look at him in the white T-shirt there. That was before before the year he was jacked he's got pecs you could see the arms every muscle in his arm all those type of things and you go mvp but and, you uh, well, you but, MVP. but but your point is real though you're right <laughs> yeah, i saw too muscle. many old players i'm gonna lose weight so i could be faster mm. but then you do that and you lose the muscle like you're talking about yep. so now you have no weight or strength and now you're weaker because you're weaker and you lose the explosion and it almost goes in the opposite direction of what they okay. were trying to intend to happen. We have to say that this is not professional medical advice, and so do, you know, if you out there are making workout changes, you know, check with a doctor. But I think that all that checks out. I, th- I think my wife so. is big into it too, and she says that if you lose too much weight, you're going to lose muscle. You're going to lose muscle. It has yeah. to do it. Yeah, got to do it the right way. So a rod. Don't lose too much muscle nope. because you've lost a lot of weight. Bulk up now. He's not stressing about missing OTAs. I can tell you that much. Um, all right. So that is – we're out of time. So we'll get to the rest of the <laughs> countdown <laughs> <You're funny. laughs> next week, uh, Tuesday. Yeah. He says we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Um, no, let's get into it. Yep. So before we reveal your next five okay. on your quarterback countdown list, we already have Oh, outrage. wait. Just let me just tell you this, too. 
Oh no! What like, happened? Oh, what happened? This is this is breaking news. Phil can come on. Are you serious? He can come on now. He's saying his his things have been moved around, and he's really not going to be busy till two. So we might have to. So, so <laughs> let him know he's dead. Do we? He. So you want you, you let me know what right, do you want to do here? Pete, text us w- with what you think. See how we're doing time wise. We've already taken twenty minutes to talk about. Uh, various bodies within the NFL, and so if we had to do yeah, it over don't again, worry. Maybe we would. Fuck Phil. <laughs> With a we'll capital see. F. We'll let Pete figure that out. Uh, he's the he's the guy that has yeah, to make don't all worry this work about anyway. It. All right, number thirty nine. Yes, had I know. Justin Fields. Yes. So here, Kristen has put up your uh, your bottom five. Yep. Which is not a, a disrespect. To, I mean, if you're one of the top forty quarterbacks in the world, that's pretty good. Case Keenum, Justin Fields, just ahead of him. Then Trey Lance at 38, Kellen Mond 37, Marcus Mariota at 36. He had three of the rookies in there. Yep. Back to back to back, which was really cool. Number 39, Justin Fields, Brian yes. says, Are there any comps for quarterbacks with similar mechanics to Fields? A few successful quarterbacks have had less than flawless mechanics. Sure. Why are Fields' mechanics an issue, but someone like Phillip Rivers' mechanics? Arm. That's a good question. It's a great question. First off is you didn't see Phillip Rivers in college miss nearly as many throws as errantly as Justin Fields. So, yes, I never liked Phillip Rivers' motion, but I also didn't have results like Justin Fields in certain games where I went, what the hell? Why is he missing that throw? What's he doing there? All of those type of things. you know. And Phillip Rivers, yes, that worked for him. It was ugly. But it compromised his power and things like that. That was always an issue. If you listen to, go back to back in time, I mean, there were years early on in his career where they talked about, oh, he fixed his motion. He fixed his motion in preseason and things like that. But then he would kind of revert back to what he does as the season would go along. Um, so it didn't necessarily help him, and it didn't help him towards the longevity of his career. Okay. But I guess the first thing I'm saying is there, yeah, there's a mechanical issue. Mm-hmm. But... When the results are always good, it's not as much as an issue because you go, well, he controls it. He puts it where he wants. The guy was open. He he hit it. I mean, what are you going to say after a while? So have you seen anyone whose results were not great with bad mechanics come back and have a good NFL career? Sure. Like, first off, like, Rodgers' mechanics weren't great to start off. We've talked about that. Brady went through an era where when I was saying he wasn't one of the five best quarterbacks in 2013 when the Broncos basically played them were like, we're going to let you throw, Brady. We don't think you can beat us. One of the biggest reasons there was Brady's mechanics. He got into a really like, I'm going to raise my arm high in the air and throw the ball with like this really high release. And then, you know, my right arm is going to go down to my left pocket there. And it led to like, yeah, he was a great five and six yard thrower. But as I stated at that time, he was one of the worst down the field throwers in football. Mm -hmm. He adjusted that. You can fix this with Justin Fields. But this is, to me, a, it's, a, it's a hard fix. It is a hard fix. That's where I worry about it. You can survive with cocking the elbow. You know how you've heard me say, right? The old cocking of the elbow. And I hope people are watching this because I'm trying to explain this to people and I'm sick of seeing people on social media going like, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I listened to the pod or, you know, mm-hmm. I heard you on the show today. Well, fucking watch this. And I'm explaining it for like the ninth time. <laughs> so don't get at me on Twitter when the information is out there. I'm so sick of that shit. So, but either way, like, you can do it with the cocking of the arm. It's not my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick cocked his arm, right? You remember? I mean, yeah. Michael Vick. Yep. But he kind of kept it here. 
It wasn't like here and then let me fake something with my body a little bit and then cock it and then try to throw it all arm. He kept it, kept it there and then it never really disconnected from his body too as he throws. Lamar Jackson cocks his elbow a little bit, but same thing. It's always there mm-hmm. and it stays connected with the rest of his body as he throws the football. With fields at times, like I've told you, there's a disconnect. Where like the body's in one position, the arm's doing its own different thing. I always call it an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz also throws like that a little bit. Carson Wentz, when he loses control of the football, he can sometimes have that disconnect I talk about with Justin Fields. Now, it's not as egregious, and there's not the problems with the footwork and those things too, which compound Justin Fields' thing. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm just trying to bring these. I've been around this my whole life. I'm rooting for Justin Fields. I, I, I hate that everybody thinks I'm a hater on Justin Fields. I will be the first one to say, awesome, I'm glad he fixed these, yeah. he's crapping all over me, and all these things. But I've been around him my whole life. I haven't seen a lot of people be really successful with that type of motion. Added on top of it, I know it's not the easiest fix in the world. So that's why he's at 39. Yeah. I know there's great potential in the player. I do. But like I'm talking about, these issues to me are, are pretty substantial and are yeah. going to take some work. And that's why this podcast is different than anyone else out there, because you would say, congratulations, you're crapping all over me. Yes. <laughs> like that, I'm, that's I'm, not a phrase that any other I'm podcast fine with that. is saying right now. I, this is not personal. Which I'm would be cool. To, In 10 yeah. years, if he is the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen, right. he can say, you can say, I motivated him. I motivated like, I was him. the one right. that put a chip on his shoulder and motivated him to be the best we'll see I hope so I hope so I know he's a great kid I know he's charismatic he's smart he's a leader I know everything about yeah, it people special like athlete right I got it I, I talked to enough coaches throughout the process that were like I, he could be you know the way he acts and the guy he is he could be the quarterback of my team but yeah those issues are real I hope he can fix it and uh, hopefully there's someone there in Chicago who can kind of stay on top of So it. I think a lot of people think uh, Trey Lance is in the Justin Fields group. You sure. have them very close together. Right. Two guys who could wow in the running game but uh, might have some deficiencies throwing the football. This yep. one from Elvis Menjivar. Do you think his running ability for Trey Lance is good enough to make him one of the best 32? You didn't put him in the best 32, yeah. so obviously you don't think that. Uh, he goes on to say, I understand that you value throwing over running at the position, but if a guy wins 12 games with his legs, yeah. he should be praised, hey, right? Sure, no doubt about it. I mean, I saw Lamar Jackson. I made him the number four quarterback in football. I don't, you know, no. It's not always about the throwing. I'm valuing these quarterbacks a lot of the times, too, about the pressure they can put on their defense, you know, their overall presence on the football field and what they do to a defense and the pressure they put on them and those type of things. I think Trey Lance's, I mean, his running can be special. Mm-hmm. And, again, Fields and Trey Lance, like, they have, of course, the type of talent that they could, if we do our midseason quarterback rankings here, they could make huge jumps. Mm-hmm. They really can. They have special, special attributes. But just like Fields, there's some inconsistencies and just some things that I don't trust in his game from throwing within the pocket that I just got to see first before I throw him out over some of these other guys who are a little bit more of a proven commodity or have the experience in the NFL and those type of things. Some of these guys in front of them, I know that even if the stars aligned, they can never be Trey Lance or Justin Fields and what they can be even if their stars get close to aligned. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that. But at this moment right now, I think there's just things as far as being playing quarterback in the NFL that, yeah, 
they have a little advantage of, and I just got to see some of these things that worry me about Trey Lance and Justin Fields get fixed first a little bit before I can just go, yes, you're the guy, you're a top 20 quarterback or right. something like that. All right, last one before we get into your next five. Yeah. And it was the third rookie quarterback, the one you had ranked sure. ahead of Trey Lance and ahead of Justin Fields. Alejandro Humani says, fan of the pod, been listening since your BR days. Thank you, Alejandro. I you think you might be skewing your view of Kellen Mond yeah. from your previous miss of Dak Prescott all those years ago? Just curious. So are you trying to make up for not seeing the talent in Dak Prescott with Kellen Mond? I've used that example yeah. of many a time. I think you've heard me say it. You know, that, yeah, I think. I, I see Kellen Mond, especially now that he was drafted in the third round, as being this year's Dak Prescott. Now, you know, I tried to learn from that Dak Prescott miss that I had in that because there was a lot of things I liked. I pinned too many of the issues at Mississippi State just on him, and that's where I've tried to learn, and I always try to self-scout myself that way. Um, and, and, yes, I take that into account, but I didn't take that into account really, right, until after I got done with the evaluation. And then I came to the conclusion of like, oh, wait, there's some similarities here. Mm-hmm. You know, as I started to hear people knock Kellen Mond or pick him apart or this or that. And that's where I came with the Dak Prescott thing. So I didn't evaluate Kellen Mond going, you know, this is a lot like Prescott. I messed up on this one. I'm not going to mess this time. I'm going to put him there. No, I came away. I, I, maybe I'll read my notes on this stuff. I came away watching him probably about the 10th quarterback I watched and went, Holy fucking shit. This guy is legit. How come my dad is the only guy I've heard talk about this guy? Hmm. I mean, that's really where, you know, that's where it came from. And then I went through my notes and then, you know, I start to watch more and more and I just, I'm blown away. So, no, again, I think Kellen Mond is, of course, worthy of being in front of Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And I think when it comes to NFL football, Kellen Mond is more ready than those two right now. I would trust, again, my rankings are about, this is, this is my quarterback depth chart for 2021. That's what it is. It's mm-hmm. a quarterback depth chart, right? That's all we got here. So it's about right now, what have you done? It's everybody's playing for my team and my offense. We all have the same offensive line and receivers and everything like that. And I trust Kellen Mond to be in that situation, to drop back, make the reads, make the proper throws, do all those things more than I do with Trey Lance and Justin Fields right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely, no doubt about it. I will say once again, I think Kellen Mond – you could make the case that he and Mac Jones were the two best pure in-the-pocket passers coming out in this draft. I think you can make a case for that. I know he's not as talented as Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence, nor do I think he's as good. But I'm just talking from that pure pocket aspect. I don't know if anybody was more ready as far as that's concerned in the NFL than Kellen Mond and, and Mac Jones. And your whole point of this list is yes. not to look into the future. It's who would be most successful in this 2021. Second, this second. 2021. And I, I got a lot of crap last year for Tua. I got the same outrage as Justin Fields from Tua last year. Yeah. Same type of thing. You know, because it's just been beaten to everybody's brain. Two years I've been watching college football. Everybody says he's the greatest thing. His team wins. Yeah. They're in the national championship game. Very similar. You know, right. And it's just it's the same type of thing. I don't think I was that far off on Tua last year. I, I mean, I, I think if I was going to be real about it, that I had him 40 last year at the start before the year. I don't think that was that crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think a reasonable person would probably go, you were probably pretty close to right. Mm-hmm. He's gotten better since then. So that's good, and that's why we'll see him you know, one oh, of these days. So Tua's gotten better. How much better from his ranking last year? Let's get into it. Your next five. 
So we're up to number 35 here on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterbacks of 2021. I like to do kind of like that little. I like kind of amps it up a little bit. I like right? it. Yeah. Yeah. 35 for you is. Oh, thy Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod. That's right. Tyrod Taylor. Hey, like I said about Case Keenum, this is one of the best backup quarterbacks in football, bridge quarterbacks, whatever you, whatever you want to say. And, you know, in a lot of ways where I have him ahead of Case Keenum and, and a guy like that who I really appreciate Case Keenum and what he can do for a football team and his talents and all those things, Tyrod Taylor is the same in theory as that guy, except really has better physical talents. You know, he's a little faster than Case Keenum has a bigger arm than Case Keenum. You know, for me, he's the ultimate backup, too, in the fact that, you know, he is one of those guys you could just throw out there, and he seems like, oh, no big deal. I'm still Tyrod Taylor, same expression on my face, and I can come in as a backup and Mm -hmm. throw the ball and move the team. But as we've seen, we've seen him lead teams to the playoffs and do things like that. He's been in some unfortunate situations. but Like having his uh, lung punctured last year? That hurt, no doubt about it, right. I mean, that was a chance for Tyrod Taylor to maybe really fortify himself as being a starting quarterback in yeah. the NFL. He didn't get it. So it's one still, game, one game. One, yeah. One, yeah, he didn't even get the one game. Or, yeah, he didn't, because it, it happened after the first game. Oh, yeah, 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 right. It so was after the first game. So that, like, you know, is crazy in that, in that, in that standpoint. And with, with Tyrod Taylor... You know, like I said, it's a good arm. It's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. But, yes, he got supplanted by Baker Mayfield and Justin Herbert and those guys. Who, yeah, I mean, Baker's got a really good arm, and so does Justin Herbert. So they're, they were physically capable of doing more. But as I said last year with Tyrod Taylor, and to me this is the big thing going forward, and if he wants to be, you know, in the 30s and looked at as a real starting quarterback, he's going to have his opportunity, we think, with the Houston Texans. And the biggest thing is – you, you might have heard me say this last year. Aggressive. He's got to be more aggressive. He's too talented to be a game manager. That's what he is. And that's why, oh, you're in Buffalo? Oh, we're looking for somebody else. Oh, you're in Cleveland? Oh, we're looking for somebody else. Yeah. Oh, we're in Los Angeles? Oh, we're looking for somebody else. Because he kind of falls on that conversation every now and then of, like, um, he, he's not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games either. Which is like, is that him or is that the systems he's been in? Because when it's he was little, at Virginia yeah. Tech, I mean, he was a guy that would win the Hokies a lot of games. He Well, and, you know, he could get away with running more he than, could. He you know. Could. That's so a good point. That was a difference. You're, I mean, you're, but your, your question's real. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you know, he's not been with the greatest offenses. I, I certainly would give him that excuse. Yeah. But I think at the same time, you know, anytime I've really evaluated him, that was always my thought. And really, that last little run in, in Buffalo, I remember that, that year just coming away with like, hey, it was a good year, but man, there was some games where there was plays there, and he just didn't let it go yeah. and uncork it. And think about Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, he gets off to a decent start that year. Remember, he hurt his wrist, I think, in like a Thursday night football game against the Jets, and that's when they brought in Baker Mayfield. Think about what we thought right away. Baker Mayfield right away came in and was throwing like aggressive lasers down the field where I wanted to go like, see, those those were there the weeks before too. But Tyrod was kind of like, ooh, that's a little tight. Let me check it down. Ooh, I don't feel comfortable. Let me run and do something like that. And that's where, to me, his game has to grow if he wants to be in the 20s and really be a starter somewhere for, for a period of time. You had him 34 last year, so he's right around the same spot there we go. Uh, this year. So you think 
And he's in Houston now, if people didn't know. You think he really – I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Right. I'm betting on Watson doesn't play for them or anybody. I don't know. I'm just going to say I'm going to bet on Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to be the starter there because I don't expect to see Watson back with the Texans. So there have been reports out there. Yeah. Maybe it's more speculation than, than anything coming from the team. Right. That that Stanford rookie quarterback, Davis, Davis Mills, Mills sure. could play yeah. at he, some point. He's polished and ready to play the position. That's the great thing about Davis Mills. That's why it was a good pick by them. Now, where it's going to be different as compared to, like, Davis Mills and the, oh, I'm on the Chargers and Justin Herbert's there, or I'm on the Browns and Baker Mayfield's there, is when those two spots, he walked off the practice field, guys would, were going, did you see Justin Herbert throw the ball today? Yeah. Did you see Baker Mayfield and some of those throws he made today? That's not going to happen with Davis Mills. He's going to be the more physically gifted, eye-popping guy as compared to Davis Mills. So I think he fends him off. Yeah. I do. And, hey, there's a relationship with David Culley. This team is major dysfunction. So I would think they'd want something kind of, you know, substantial, settled, knows how to play the quarterback position as compared to, right. wait, everything's the organization's a wreck, and let's put a quarterback out there and make it more of a wreck as a rookie and do that those things. So I don't see that happening. Pete throws this question yeah. in here. What's more likely a year from now? Tyrod Taylor resigns as the Texans' starting quarterback or – he signs as a backup with another team. I'll say backup with another team because he just hasn't given me anything to say that he's going to be able to show us that he's worthy. Like the, the, the things I brought up, mm-hmm. you know. Listen, if we can get through four games and I sit here and start going, whoa, Tyrod Taylor's changed a little bit as a player. He's really, you know, being more aggressive with his mindset, his throws, putting the ball into tighter windows, not being so worried and careful all the time. Then – I might change my tune, but right now I have no evidence to say that that's going to change. So my last thing yeah. on Tyrod Taylor, right. you look at this, he is ahead of some of these exciting rookies, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Uh, so th- this is kind of like your big board. Yeah. So if you were having a fantasy redraft for just one year only, yeah. say you start out with Aaron Donald, you shore up your defense, you get Christian McCaffrey. So you wait on quarterback, and then you're sitting there. You're sitting there. You still need a quarterback. And Trey Lance is there, and Tyrod Taylor is there. The yeah. two highest. You're taking Tyrod Taylor to lead your team this year. I, I am for this year. If I need to win, like listen, you're even with that potential upside. Well, of Trey I don't. Lance. I'm not going to the potential. That's know, what I'm talking it, about. One year, he does have upside for this one year. He, still. He, he he does. There's no doubt. But there's also too many downside questions too, to yep. where I just go. I don't know. I know what Tyrod Taylor is, mm-hmm. and I know that yes, it's probably not going to explode through the roof and be awesome. And so, if you do have a team with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and you like honestly, I'm just yeah, yeah. throwing a hype. Hypothetical team right, here, right? You would want someone who's not going to screw it up for you. I get I, that. I, I think there's, there's, yes, there's, there's part of that. There's no doubt. And you know, again, it's just the biggest thing is, you know, I just, I don't know exactly what I'm going to get from some of those young guys. Yeah. I, I just come back to those questions, yeah. and that, that is where, yeah, the experience, knowing what Tyrod Taylor is, to me, is just a little greater than mm-hmm. the potential and the risk of those guys that we're talking about with Fields and Lance. And all very close in the rankings here, too. Very, so this is a, nitpicky. The, to me, the, the, the last eight or nine guys is the hardest part of my ranking because mm-hmm. it is close. It's guys that haven't played or haven't played a lot. It's rookies. It's that type of thing to where, yeah, this stresses me out. All right. Yeah. So this may stress you out, the reaction to number 34, who was 40 last year, 
He's moving his way up, ladies and gentlemen. Tua Tonga-Viola. Perfect. I don't know if that was perfect, but I gave it my best shot. (laughs) Uh, Again, another guy that I've been pitted against says, like, oh, I hate Tua. No. Rooting for Tua. (laughs) Florio tried to stick up for me today. He's like, you love Tua. You love the guy. Like, because he's heard me say things behind the scenes when we met him. Yes, I do. It doesn't mean I still am, you know, can't question some of the things on the football field. You know, now Tua, listen, yeah, he rose from last year. He grew as a player. He got to play in the NFL. He did some good things. You know, he played in some big moments, made some big throws in some big moments, had some big runs in some big moments. Arizona Cardinal game, I can remember that. Some of those great scrambles, the great touchdown run. So he got better as a football player. But I still have my questions. I do. You know, first off, yeah, I'm going to put him in front of some of these other guys that we talked about. Yeah, he's played. You know, I like his talent. I don't love it. You know that. Mm -hmm. But also, like when it gets nitpicky with some of these guys too, you know, what do I do to separate? I I, I go a little bit sometimes on what's the effect the guy has on the field as a leader? What's his presence like? Locker room. Does he give the team an edge? Those type of things. To me, that's where like Tua brings something to the table a little more than Tyrod Taylor that way too. Mm -hmm. There is a charisma aspect that he brings to the field. And, of course, he does have a presence on the field. He knows how to play the game, even as a rookie here. He didn't, he didn't mess up many situations. But Tua, just like I'm saying with Tyrod Taylor, it's the same type of conversation. It's got to get more aggressive. It's got to be the mindset of, like, what was open in Alabama and what's open in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins is different. And I think he started to get that as the year went on and later and later in the year that he started to realize that. But, yeah, that's the next step he has to take. Now, they've improved by putting more weapons around him. I think it's, you know, second year in the system. Yep. Last year, who knows if he was totally 100% healthy when he finally did get in there. So I saw growth from him. We need to see more growth. It wasn't worthy of the number five pick. And listen, I know I sound like a hater on him sometimes, but – The rumors about Miami were real. Whether they were thinking about drafting a quarterback this year in the draft, the Deshaun Watson trade were all real Miami-like conversations. It's not like propaganda or bullshit or anything like that. So that tells you that they weren't thrilled with his play either, right? Or not thrilled enough to not consider a potential upgrade. Exactly right. You know, I, I think at the very least, you know, how I've always tried to explain it a little bit with like, you know, the things we need more from with Tua, hey, just, again, think about last year. It goes into what I was kind of saying. They weren't calling different plays when Ryan Fitzpatrick got in there on a second and long or third and long. It was the same place Tua was running, except it was the aggressive mindset, the anticipation a little bit, the knowing of, like, wait, no, this is open in the NFL. This isn't Alabama anymore. You know, it was those type of things that he's got to just get better at. I do think, but I do think, like, that's why I gave him a little of the edge over maybe some of these other guys where it's really close. He does have a presence and a leadership and a charisma about him that guys can get behind. That's for sure. And that gave him the edge over a guy like Tyrod Taylor, for me, in in my opinion. You mentioned his best game was probably versus the Cardinals. They won that game. They beat the Chargers the next week. That was probably his second best game, so it was a good start for him. They beat the Rams, but it wasn't a great game for him. But he played it the right way. That's where, you know, again, even in some of those games where he was underwhelming, at least he didn't fuck it up and lose it, you know. 
You know, I, I, so that that is a positive too to to know how to play and understand what your team is and oh, we're the Dolphins. Our defense is good, and I give him credit for that as well. Unfortunately for him, his worst game was probably his last with the playoffs on the line. Buffalo Bills threw the ball 58 times, so they put it on his arm. Threw for 361 yards but had three interceptions, was his only multi-interception game of the season. So that was his lowest quarterback rating game of the that, year. That's, that's, that's where we need to see the growth because that was the one game where, okay, first off it was, hey, welcome to the Northeast, right, yeah. in December. I think that was probably a little yeah. bit of a thing too. It was kind of a cold, dry day up there watching that game. But that was one of the, that's where we're, I'm talking about this growth of Tua, open receivers, being more aggressive, all those type of things because – what happened in that game? Flores and the defense couldn't manage the game. They couldn't stop Josh Allen, right? It was just he was too good. So he was on fire at that point. And they'd have been able to kind of make everybody average on offense while Tua started for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then they could kind of play, hey, we're going to run the ball and run some boots and play actions with you and kind of manage the game that way. And that was a game where that's why we need Tua to make the next step. Because there is some good offenses in the AFC, of course, and in the AFC East to where you can't expect the Dolphins defense to, like, you know, shut down Josh Allen to 20 points in a game. You might have to get in a shootout and beat him 38-35 this year or something right. like that. And that's where Tua's got to, you know, grow and expand his, his play. Yeah, Tua, his longest completed pass through the air, air yards here, was 44 yards downfield. Only Jimmy G... Brandon Allen and Alex Smith failed to have one longer. So he did not have a really deep completion necessarily this year. And so maybe that's something they're going to have to yes. improve upon. Yes. Uh, so if uh, with all they've added this offseason, the yeah. Miami Dolphins, I mean, they're in their window right now. Maybe a little ahead of schedule than what they thought, but right. they're in their window. They are. Um, if the offense is not above average this year, do you think it's most likely because Tua underperformed? Yes, I do. I mean, I don't, I don't I hate, I hate to say it or put it that way, but it's a little bit like Daniel Jones on the Giants, right? There's just no excuses this year. It's like, you know, maybe if they get injured and they get, okay, so maybe, oh, okay, got a few old linemen got hurt. Devontae Parker's hurt again. Maybe Jalen Waddell's ankle was banged up or whatever. Okay, then maybe he'll have that excuse. Mm-hmm. But just from the basic look of it, as it looks right now, that old line, Gasecki at tight end, Parker, Preston Williams, and Waddle at receiver. Right. You know, with you know that that the, that should lend itself to not saying it has to be a top ten offense, but should be certainly more dangerous and more explosive. So here were two things I was searching around on the internet, and USA Today has got Dolphins Wire out there. Yeah. And they they wanted to throw a couple stats uh, that give optimism yeah. to Tua here. Okay. I'm gonna look at a glass half full. Cool. Unlike you, a Tua hater, shut who up. Looks at glass half. Shut your mouth. Empty. Uh, they looked at two things. Yeah. He had two fourth quarter comebacks. That's right. Versus Arizona and versus the Pats in Week 15. Right. So that's a positive for a rookie quarterback. Sure, it is. I I don't have any issues. That it's, okay. it's again, this is part of the reasons why I have him some in front of some of those guys. Sure. It's just things like that. His leadership, his coolness, he's shown some of that stuff to be able to lead a team and not be overwhelmed in a a tight situation. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the weapons that he has this year. Yeah. Last year they noted an interesting stat. Uh, The Dolphins' wide receivers didn't get a whole lot of separation. The Dolphins, according to Next Gen Stats, ranked 28th in the NFL last season 
with separation from the slot. So their slot receiver was not getting a whole lot of separation. We always know on this show, stats, you can poke holes through anything here. Uh, but maybe the weapons last year were not quite as good as maybe it looked yeah. on paper. I think that's totally fair. I do. They had some injuries with some of their other wide receivers. Parker was banged up. Parker's really the only guy that can really, really separate on that yeah. team last year where you just went, wait, that's kind of a stud guy. Preston Williams is more of a big body guy right. where like, he's a guy like, oh, he's covered, so what? We can still throw to him and do that type of stuff too. And here's where stats like that can be misleading too here mm-hmm. again. And uh, this is not about Tua, but yep. I'm just trying to inform people of like, the lack of separation from the receivers can also be because of the quarterback and the team having to call simple, basic plays sometimes mm. where the team's going, I watched film the last four games, and they ran this play 30 times, same formation. Oh, it's that play. Uh, I, I'm, oh, I'm all over him. It's tight. Yeah, I've seen it 60 times. Oh, it's the bootleg with the guy in the flat? Oh, there's no separation? They've called it nine times already? Oh, no fucking shit. No mm. fucking shit. There's no separation. So that's how that can play together. I'm not trying to be a I would have never thought of that. Thank but that's you. A, such a great, Thank that's you. a good point, right? Thank the you. predictability of an offense the, is, they, all be. they do is play actions and boots. So, okay, well, fuck, we know where they're going to kind of end up in that. Yeah. Oh, you're playing, you know, a good defense? Oh, they, oh the separation isn't great? Well, yeah, you have a formula that you kind of do week in and week out. And that's, that's, again, where numbers can be a little misleading. Which could be an indictment on the quarterback that he can't handle a complex offense. It's or an indictment on the coach it's that he's not calling it. Right. I, you know, even with that, like, even if the quarterback can't handle it, he's not that stupid to where he can't handle little curveballs. Yeah. It's their job to make the simpleness still look complex. Right. So, yeah, they could help out in those areas, too. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So that is Tua, who uh, has moved up. From 40 to 34, but Miami Dolphin fans will still, still hate not Chris gonna be. They're still <laughs> going to hate you for that until he moves up even more, which maybe he will do uh, next year. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Here is a guy, the next guy, 
is one who has moved down, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> he was 25th last year, yep. but still in the top 33. Your number 33 quarterback is? Drew Locke, Denver Broncos. <clears throat> yes. I mean, I like Drew Locke. You know that yes. in a lot of ways. His high-end talent's real. You know, I think people in Denver are panicking a little bit, or maybe what I want to say, just overly critical of the play I saw from Drew Locke last year. I know it wasn't perfect. I know that. He certainly, he could take a, a page from the Tyrod to a, you know, I'm not going to be so much of a gunslinger and understand how to manage a game a little yeah. bit, you know. You don't, and not every throw has to be a 35-yard missile into double coverage. That's where Drew Locke's had to get better and just playing the position, taking what the defense gives you. But he does have a real, real upside to be a big-time quarterback. You know, I thought that's what we were going to see more last year. You know, again, he was one of those guys that, you know, you had a place off of limited information and things like that. But, no, it wasn't a great year for him. There were certainly some moments of going like, hey, what the hell? Like, what? Well, you're going to make that throw or do that in this moment? No doubt about it. But I also think there were some moments of, uh, you know, a few games where I can go, wow, he played phenomenal football and did some really special type things. So uh, I think that's why it was great they bring in Teddy Bridgewater because I think that will put the pressure on him to polish some of those issues we talked about. But – He's 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 boomer bust right now kind of guy. He he's a so guy make that, or break year. He it really is a huge year for him. He has the talent to be a consistent top half of the league starting quarterback. Here's a look at uh, what he did. He had five starts his rookie year, thirteen yep. starts last year. Completion percentage went down, touchdown percentage went down, interception percentage went up, sack percentage went up. And quarterback rating went down. So he, he regressed in basically every category. Every category. You know, just, just played too loose. That's the biggest thing. That's really all I come to. That's why the, you know, the completion percentage is so low. You see the interceptions, those type of things. Yeah. And, hey, listen, another part of it is he's got to stay healthy. That's, that's part of it, too. He, he's been banged up a lot here, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in, a, in a short period of time. You know what's funny with him, and I was looking at next-gen stats right. for him, too. Yeah. And we like quarterbacks on this podcast to press the envelope, yes. go down the field. He certainly did that. He was fourth in the NFL in intended air yards, so going down the field. But he was 18th in completed air yards. And so a lot of it were incomplete passes. He was trying. They were going down the field. They Love had all it. those receivers. They drafted a couple. They were going for it. Yeah. They just were not that successful. At no, it, it, that's why I like you. You're accentuating my point. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's over aggressive. It's yes. I like it. I get yeah. it. You got a great bunch of receivers and a tight end to put pressure on people, but that doesn't mean we just have to, you know, keep cocking it back and just throwing lasers all the time. Every now and then, especially when you have that type of firepower. Teams are going to be a little bit like, oh, wait, he likes to throw the ball down the field. they got speed to receiver. You know they're going to play deep coverages and try to take away the deep throws. Yeah. And that's, to me, it's the biggest thing about his game. Uh, it, it's just got to be a little more clean that way. Stop looking for the big play all the time. Don't be such the gunslinger. And I think he's smart enough uh, to make that adjustment. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm a fan of Drew Locke, as you could tell. I expect him, I think, to win the quarterback competition with Teddy Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. I, I do. 
but I guess I don't totally trust it all the way yet because of some of the things I saw last year and just whether he'll do the right thing. You're playing for a defensive head coach, yep. and you have a good defense, and his ass is on the line, that head coach. Don't throw 15 picks. Don't throw 15 picks. Aaron, like, okay, this was kind of close. I'm going to be a chicken and check it down. It's going to do better for his career, his coach, everything, everything. So if Drew Locke plays like he did in his rookie year, which wasn't great but wasn't bad, yeah. do you think he's worth giving another shot to in 2022? I do. I think he, out of the two guys, has the best chance to maximize their talent. Uh-huh. But as you've heard me say, he could also be the guy that fucks it up and is the reason they start out one and four. So that's where it's going to be Vic Fangio and Shermer and on them in training camp to go preseason to this guy. Did he grow? Can we trust him? Is he going to put our team in bad positions? Uh, that, that's going to be the big thing. And I think really training camp and, and preseason are going to give us those answers. So I'm going, to add, I'm going to add this little tidbit in here that you may or may not have known before you made your ranking. I did. Quote, well, hey. Oh, what? Sorry, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> I didn't know. Let's see. <laughs> You've read my mind, baby. <laughs> Uh, quote, hey, I have a pretty good film set up at my house if you want to come over and talk some ball, said Peyton Manning to Drew Locke. And with that, the Broncos quarterback, former uh, current quarterback and current quarterback, met up twice this offseason for nine to ten hours to go over film and talk about being a quarterback. That's what he needs. That's, that's definitely, you know, needs some of that, like, you know, hey, guy, a guy like Peyton to – you know, help them understand the line of that's stupid and that's a smart risk throw, right? Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to for him. And hopefully also where Peyton was amazing was context clues. Context clues. Peyton was amazing. He could be like, oh, wait, the nickel back, I saw his right foot shift a little to the right, and I knew that's how they were in quarters coverage and not in cover two. I mean, that's where Peyton Manning was the sheriff, the man. So, yeah, yeah hopefully, I would bet that was something where somebody in Denver told Peyton Manning to reach out to Drew Locke and to see if they could help him that way. It's uh, pretty I, cool. I, I, it is pretty cool. And I'm rooting for Drew Locke, and it's really cool by Peyton Manning. Who better to learn from than him? Yeah, that was a story in the Denver Post, and it also had this quote from Peyton Manning. Yeah. He said, look, I pull for quarterbacks. I also know... Teddy Bridgewater, great guy, great addition to the Broncos. Sounds like it will be a good, healthy competition, which brings us to number 32 on your list. Which is Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) That's right. And you shouldn't be shocked here. Yeah, I'm putting Teddy Bridgewater just a little above Drew Locke. I don't think his high-end talent is as good as Drew Locke. No, I don't. But I trust Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he falls again into that category of, like, we talk about with Tyrod Taylor of, like, maybe not going to win you games, but not going to lose you games either. We've seen that. And there is. There's value to that. And especially if, you know, you're the quarterback of a Denver Bronco-type team. But that's where I just trust him more than Drew Locke at this point. You know, again, yeah, I don't think he's got the potential to be the big play. Or, you know, I, I look at Drew Locke as having a chance to maybe be a superstar in this league. Teddy Bridgewater has no chance of being that for me. But right now, I do think he's a better overall player than Drew Locke because of that. Yeah, reading coverages, knowing situations of games, doing things like that. He certainly doesn't make as many risky throws as Drew Locke has. And that's why, again, in my perfect world, my depth chart, I'd have Teddy Bridgewater coming off the bench 
you know, at, at, at 32 over Drew Locke just because of the trust tree factor. That's really all it comes down to here is just experience and trust and knowing Teddy Bridgewater as compared to a guy like Drew Locke where I'm not sure about. I love his top-end talent, but he scares the shit out of me every now and then too. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, the safe quarterback, had the fourth fewest passes into tight windows. So he never really went into a tight window. Um, fourth fewest. The only quarterbacks that threw into tight windows fewer times as we take a look at the quarterback comparison between he and Drew Locke yeah. were Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. So that's a good group to be in if you're Teddy Bridgewater. The safe passes. Now, he doesn't have that big explosive part of his game yes, right. uh, either. Um, but do you think he brings out? The best? Does this competition benefit both of them? Does it benefit Drew Locke? I think it benefits Drew Locke. You do? I do, yeah, I do. Um, Because I think it's going to beat into his brain about, wait, Teddy was smart with his decisions. Teddy was smart with his decisions. Ooh, I might have tried to throw that one. Oh, but okay, he did that. Like, I think all his issues are going to get accentuated next to Teddy B because they're almost like opposites. I mean, in, in every way, they really are. So, yes, I do think – I think it helps Drew Locke more than it helps Teddy Bridgewater sure. as far as growth is concerned and things like that. We know what Teddy Bridgewater, you know, is at this point. So, you know, he's the safe pick here for the Denver Broncos, and Vic Fangio can play a certain way with Teddy B, and they can, they can probably win games and be real good. There's no doubt about it. But with Drew Locke, the risk you take there is, you know, if you put him in and things do work out, you could probably maximize more on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball and really take advantage of Jerry Judy and Hamler and Cortland Sutton to where Bridgewater might not be able to take advantage to them at their fullest. But he's right. not going to mess up games, and he's not going to put Von Miller and Bradley Chubb in that really good defense and bad issues to where, you know, that, again – they don't need a lot. Their defense is good. They don't need a lot of help. You give right. them a lead, it's going to be tough to come back on them. And that's where Drew Locke's going to have to prove himself, and that's why Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is just better than him right now. Our friends over at PointsBet have the odds of who is going to likely start week one. And the favorite, oh, they're neck and neck. So if you're watching on YouTube right here, it's Drew Locke plus 140. Teddy Bridgewater plus 140. Make a stance, PointsBet. Go out on a limb here. <laughs> They're, they're right there. Uh, other is plus 220. Uh, Brett Rippon is plus 2,000. So if you really want to make some money and have some inside information. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is uh, other, the other. I guess. And Deshaun Watson, I guess, are other. the other. Right, right. Um, so what would you do if you were Vic Fangio week one? I, this is one where it, uh, I do believe this is a true competition. Mm. You know how I always like most times, 99 out of 100 times, when there's a quarterback competition, one guy is kind of perceived as a starter, and yeah, we're going to let them compete, but yeah. that one guy's going to really have to fuck up to let the other guy start, right? Because there's a guy the coach wants to the win. The guy the, the coach wants to win, they always go into it with a little bit of a preconceived notion of who they want and those things like that. Right. I think this is one, though, that is going to be real because you've got to evaluate Drew Locke in the preseason games especially to whether you can trust them. Like, Drew Locke, like, okay, let's just say first 14 days of training camp, he's beaten Teddy Bridgewater. He's, every day he's been better, been better, been better. But now we get into, like, let's just say 
preseason game two and preseason game three. And, oh, gosh, preseason game two, Drew Locke threw an interception and had two others dropped. And now we're in preseason game number three. He threw two interceptions this game and had one drop. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to scare the shit out of Vic Fangio and company, especially if Teddy Bridgewater plays clean and moves the ball and all those type of things. That's why I really think, you know, it's a real competition. I really do. I, I Drew Locke, like I said, has more talent. And I guess in my heart of hearts, I want to think he's going to grow as a player and take this. But, again, I just don't know yet. Right. Right. All right. So 32, Teddy Bridgewater, not that exciting of a player, but a solid, a solid NFL quarterback and one of the top end backups that you could have. Like exactly. We should do just a backup ranking. I know. He'd be up there. Tyrod would be up right. there. Case Keenum. It's those guys. Yeah. It's, it's these guys that are borderline bridge starters, a.k.a. Oh, my gosh, this is my backup. This is awesome. I'm a Super Bowl team. Yeah. And Drew Brees got hurt. Now I have Teddy Bridgewater to go 5-0 and with. Yeah, that's why they're perfect. And that's what Cleveland has. You know, in a case Keenum, like, oh, Baker Mayfield got hurt. Oh, we're 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 nine and four. Okay, so what? We can still run our same offense. He's just a little less version of Baker Mayfield. Let's yeah. go, you know. And it might not be if we lose our guy for the whole year, but it's like he did in New Orleans a yeah, couple of years just ago. Just a few we, games. We lost Drew for five games. Right. Hey, we went five and zero oh in those games, and our playoff seating was not hurt no, one bit. It no. was actually helped. Yeah. When Teddy Bridgewater was there, who knows? Maybe he'll have the opportunity to do the same thing in Denver. So he is thirty-two. Yep. My dad just texted me. He's back on with whatever he had to do, so he couldn't have come on. Oh, no. He would have had to come on and then <laughs> and get then off. And then get off. Get off. I know. Isn't this hilarious? I really I want to read this stuff to you guys. Just Let's like yeah, Take yeah. us behind the curtain. My Zoom has been moved to two, so let me know if you want me on. Sorry. Now we're back on. What a pain. <laughs> Those are my last texts from go hey we, we Go, hey, we canceled the pod just to accommodate you, and now we're <laughs> Now we don't know what to do. Yeah, now we don't know what to do. <laughs> All right, so Big Phil is still off and still dead to us. Still yeah. dead to us. Yeah. My dad should come on now. Okay. You know, we've replaced him. I agree. Your dad is off. My dad is on. Okay. My high school coach. <laughs> Wing T offense. We'll learn all Red about four. it. Number 31 <laughs> on your list. This is the final one we'll do on this podcast. We're not quite into the top 30. 31 is? Jared Goff, Detroit Lions. Yeah. My guy. Yep. I don't know. I know. That's, that's your quarterback. It's my quarterback. Jared Goff. Um... Hey, you know, Jared Goff, there is experience. We know he's played in big games. But there's a number of questions about Jared Goff. I mean, certainly. You know, first off, no redeeming, unbelievable physical qualities or traits or you just go, oh, wow, what a great athlete or, oh, wow, what a great arm or, oh, wow, man, he can process and go through reads as quick as anybody in football. There, there is none of that. So that's why he is kind of 31 to me. You know, I, obviously, you know you, you can win games with him, but it has to be within a certain formula or a certain way, in my opinion, to win those games. And, you know, so Jared Goff, listen, there is good arm strength. Mm-hmm. He can throw the ball hard and far, but it's one of the least catchable balls in the game. And it can be inaccurate at times. What does that mean, least catchable? It's a lot of hard wobblers, never spirals, doesn't spin really all that way. Those are really hard on wide wide receivers because it just kind of hits you like a, you know, if Aaron Rodgers or Brady, they throw those perfect spirals. First off, it's very easy to focus. It's easy to put the hands right in the perfect spot, right? Mm -hmm. And because it's spinning so hard, it almost digs into your gloves, Mm -hmm. right? Now, if you throw kind of a knuckler that's not moving and it's doing this, 
Like, oh, I think I'm going to catch it perfect. Oh, wait, that hit me right there because it's wobbling. And now I, oh, I dropped it. So that's what I mean by an uncatchable ball, right? Yeah. Um, to really, I have my questions, obviously, about Jared Goff. But I do know he knows how to win football games and lead a team. And from that aspect, those are the things I like. He does have, like I said, an arm that can stretch the field. But it's not the most accurate and nor does he always look to be that guy, you know. And for all his play and all those things, too, he doesn't play the game like a really experienced quarterback. That's, I think, the thing that, that maybe bothers me more than anything. It's just knowing the situation, knowing the game. Don't make this throw here now. Oh, it's third and one. It's a bootleg. You're wide open to run and get the first down. Oh, he throws the ball. Incomplete. they got to punt it. There's just too much of that in his game. Here's the theory. Yeah. He was babied too much by Sean McVay. Well, Sean McVay is like, run my offense. Don't think too much. Just follow my lead here. Maybe. Yes. But that, like, that's, And now out of that system... With Anthony Lynn, sure, he can he can bloom, he can blossom. I, I yep, I mean that's a nice theory, okay. you know. And I think you could say that to him for a year or so. I believe like, your dad has said that to me about a theory before. And he did not mean it. Yeah. He said. <laughs> well, you you could say like especially for like yeah, first year, all those things. But he had enough time with McVeigh to where he should have grown. Yes, naturally. Five, five years. And again, I I I I. Yes, don't love Jared Goff, the player. I have nothing against him personally. I would expect Detroit to really play a similar way to what the Rams did. With you, Anthony do, Lynn. you do think so. I think it's going to be running the ball centric, run centric, and boots and play actions, and they'll keep it that way. Mm-hmm. But, yes, as a pure pocket passer, I don't like his decision-making. I don't like his control of the football. And I actually think he's not very good within the pocket. So that bothers me. Hey, show the picture again, too. Can we show that picture that we brought up for the uh, rankings? Uh, again, some... there's a, I, that's a rare, rare position to be in as a quarterback. Well, you don't like his I don't love motion. that. No. I mean, I, you, you know, you have a hard time finding any picture with any quarterback in their backswing like that, mm-hmm. right? Where first off, and if we can come back to me here now, is I always talk about the arm angle, right? That never should leave. No matter sidearm, boom, boom, boom. This should, should never change, mm-hmm. right? Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, they don't. Josh Allen, that never changes. Never. I mean, he let the arm get like that, and then the ball's like that? Like, that's, that's, that's weird. I don't know. And that, of course, it's too much hand, and it's a little bit baseball-ish. Yeah. Which, of course, he grew up in a baseball household, but I think that's what leads to a lot of the wobblers he throws. So, hey, listen, I'm not sure what to think of Jared Goff in Detroit. You know, I'm, I'm really not. I'm not sure. And I do want to remind everybody last year, the Rams wanted to go with Walford. They were, yeah. you know. So you, you look at his year last year. His year last year was really interesting because yeah. he started out, and I was looking at it game by game right. last year. You right. Know? Fifth year in L.A., you got Sean McVay for another year. you got to be super comfortable. He started out five of his first seven games. He had a quarterback rating over 100. And you can poke holes in any stat, but you like quarterback rating. You think sure. it's a pretty representative of sure. how that quarterback played in that game or over the whole season. So five of his first seven games. So that solidly put him in the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. He finished 23rd in quarterback rating. So there was a drop-off for whatever reason. And I don't know what that reason was, 
but he started off the year pretty solid, and after that, there was a significant drop-off. Because teams get on to the McVay formula, and they take away some of the basics. And early in the year, they played some teams like, you know, the Cowboys and the Eagles, who are not sure. very special. Sure. The Buffalo Bills defense sucked, if yeah. anybody remember, early yeah. on in the year. Then it was the Giants, who were still finding their way. Okay. And then it was Washington, where... Good defense. Good defense, definitely. But they were still new at that point, too. And really, the Rams' defense overwhelmed Washington that day to where he got to play this comfortable, within this Jared Goff formula that I talk about. But then teams start to take away the boots and the speed sweeps, and it gets a little bit more into the, oh, wait, we gotta, Jared's got to do some stuff here. Jared's got to make a tight throw. Yeah. Or, oh, I want to change this up from this normal pass pattern and give a curveball here. Okay, oh, Jared's not as comfortable with this or whatever else. So, you know, um, that to me would be my, my take mm-hmm. on those stats. Right. You know, there was something else I wanted you to say, uh, I wanted to say there, and I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what I said. Go, go through those stats one more time. It was five, they were... They were five of his first seven. Five games, of his first seven games over a hundred quarterback rating. Right after that, he finished twenty third. Yeah, he only had one game after that where he had over a hundred quarterback rating. What about this? Yeah, I mean they had more play action passes than anyone in the league last yeah. year. That's what you mentioned with his offense. Yeah. Uh, he was the fifth most blitzed quarterback last year. He didn't have a great offensive line. The offensive line in Detroit's not bad. It's like of all the deficiencies they have on that team. I mean, you put a quarterback behind a better offensive line, that should help. You're, it will. It will. Uh-huh. But you're also leading me down to, I'm glad you brought this up. This is where I talk about when you talk about, like, experience. Yeah, he's got experience. He's got more experience than, of course, some of the guys that I got behind him on this list. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But not the kind of experience you would expect out of a quarterback who's played as much as he did and been to a Super Bowl. And why? He, he, he got exposed in the Dolphins game as far as he didn't know who to pick up or who was blitz or who was going to make him hot. And it became a thing because it was like, oh, wait, we just watched the game where one team sent like the same blitz 10 times and he never quite could figure out how to blitz it, pick it up, get it out of his hands, do any of that. So that became a thing. It became a thing of like, hey, you can blitz Jared Goff. He might not know where to go with the ball or get to the right check or not where his hot is. So that's, I'm glad you said that because that made my point. I know people are going to think that we actually worked on these things together, and we did not. <laughs> uh, but, but, yes, um, you know, when they could run the ball and do all of that, of course it makes the quarterback better. Um, but, mm. you know, just the success of him in itself is, is, is always been off of that. And when they've been able to run the ball, of course it opens up those bootlegs and things like that, which – it lends to misleading stats sometimes well, from Jared Goff. And Pete has given a counter stat to yeah. the stats that I mentioned about right. his success in the first seven games. Yeah. He was 11th in passer rating. He was 11th in yards per attempt. But Pete has found out that he was 29th in average depth of target. There you go. See? So they were throwing near the line exactly. of scrimmage, yards after it's the catch. It's screens, it's bootleg. Here comes the guy behind the line of scrimmage, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, boom, he's open. You know, and, and to me... That, that's, that's the big thing. And now, oh, wait, you know, now teams start to see it, and it becomes a little bit more of like, hey, we're on to McVay's stuff. We know we'll have a few little curveballs for mm-hmm. us, but 
now Goff's got to do like is more on his plate as the season goes on, which happens to all quarterbacks. Right. And to me, he's never really been able to answer that bell when like the McVay magic wears off. One final counterpoint. Hey, wait, and last oh, no. thing too, I want to say too, because like, see, people go like, oh, like, well, those first five out of the seven games, like yep. you talked about, all those good things and all that. Like, yeah, but we've said it. It's their bullshit stats. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember a few years ago, PFF made fun of me because I said one of the best games I saw Jared Goff play was a game he threw like three interceptions against the Bucks two years ago, Jameis Winston's last year there. But he had like, yeah, he threw three interceptions. But what I meant by it was it was a game where the McVay tricks weren't working. Yeah. And he played and made a lot of like game-changing throws. They lost the game. And yes, he made some mistakes, but I went, fuck, I saw more throws from Jared Goff and plays in this game than I did all last year. You know, so I guess my point is they're saying, like, numbers can lie, once again, is what yep. we're saying. And the yep. stats can lie, and it's not always about that. It's about what you do to put pressure on the team, change the game that way. And that's why I made that comment way back when, because I was like, whoa, I never saw Jared Goff kind of, like, carry the team a little bit with his right arm. Sure. You know? So what doesn't lie yeah. is the x-rays. And this is from the Lions' new GM, Brad Holmes. This will be the final point we make on Jared Goff. He said, quote, the last time I saw him, he was starting a divisional playoff game on the road and completing over 70% of his passes and doing it with a broken hand. Yeah. The one thing that I have always known about Jared is his toughness, his physical and mental toughness. Sure. Brad was in L.A. He knows Jared Goff. Tough quarterback. Give me at least one positive thing here. He, he is. I know. It's a quarterback for this year. I, I love Matt Stafford. I know. I will root for the Rams. I have to get behind Jared Goff. You're making it very difficult for I'm me. I'm sorry. I really am. I understand it's the hardest part of my job here because it, it, it's not personal, and I really hate that aspect of my job. <laughs> you know, I really do. Um, he is tough. There we go. There's no doubt. And he's battle-tested, and he's not going to be – if you're in a big game versus the Packers to win the NFC North or something, he's not going to be overwhelmed. That's, yeah. the, that's why I got him there. Really, listen, there's other guys on this list behind him where I go, they're fucking better than him as a player mm-hmm. and physically. I mean, I don't want to say as a player, but yeah. physically. Right. But I give him some credit for some of those His things we're talking yeah. about. You know, but don't give me the, like, I love Brad Holmes, but don't give me the 70% in the divisional playoff game I'm for 179 good. yards. Good. <laughs> Six point. Yes, six point four yards per attempt. Yeah. Okay, so with a broken please. hand, that though I do give him a lot of positive for that. Yes, he's selfless. Even with McVay and his cryptic like Wolford stuff last year, Goff was very professional he through was. that, and yeah. I give him a lot of credit for that too. Uh, that leads us to speaking of toughness, we have or I have compiled my own list now, Chris. You did forty quarterbacks. And this, is, this stems from the last time we were together. Yeah. And we had a homie who wrote in about who would win in a quarterback-coach Royal Rumble. Right. So you team up the quarterback and the coach of every team, and you put them against another quarterback and coach from another team. Who would win? And we kind of went about We thought, oh, who's the top three? Who's maybe in the top five? I got motivated yesterday and made 32 through one. Who would win? In a Royal Rumble, a fight, all-out fight, quarterback coach versus quarterback. I'm coach. really excited. It's about time you put on some work into this podcast. I did feel like I needed to pick up the slack, right? Because no, you're you... making these lists all the time. You're going to draft every position. I'm like, let me do a list here. We won't put this on Chris. 
And now I will talk about I'm, this forever. I was, I'm, I'm really glad you did this. Yes. And I'm joking. You do plenty of work. Yes. Okay. But the other thing is, I think I'm almost as excited to know who 32 is as I am as one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I almost thought, I was like, well, how should we go? Should I reveal right. it one you, through 32? Or, or, yeah, right. Or make 32 like, this is the weakest. <laughs> I know. Or start yeah. in the middle and go You're back out of that way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. So we are going to start at 32 here. All right. So you ready for it? Yeah, I okay. am. So we're going to do eight here. And every time I'm on, we'll reveal another eight. Okay. So uh, 32, you're right. This is big. This is like basically saying you're the wimpiest, you're the wimpiest coach tandem in, in quarterback football. tandem in football. <laughs> and, which I do want to preface that by saying. Yes. Like, they, they're still, they could beat me up. And, you know, and any one of these tandems could take you and me. Yeah, if we had a podcast, like, we would be 33. Right. Like, Chris, like, you would carry us. I would do my best, but I probably would wimp out. <laughs> uh, but someone has to be 32. Right. And that is the wimpiest coach and quarterback con- combo in the NFL. And number 32 for me is the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. Wow. They're not beating any other coach-quarterback combo in the NFL. I like it. So you're not giving any of their youth any like credit which there. Is, which is surprising, right? Right. right. But no, I think you know Zach Taylor, smart guy. Right. I think when push comes to shove in a fight, he's not the guy you want. And Joe Burrow, great quarterback. Right. He's not winning any fights. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Joe's a scrapper. He's a sure. scrapper. I'll give him sure. that. Could be a scrapper. Yes, no doubt. But, I mean, listen, I don't know if they're 32, but, I, okay, I like that. I like that's a good one. They would certainly be down the list. I'm they're with down. you there. Yep, they're down. There's no doubt. I mean, Zach Taylor is going to be like, hey, what the fuck? I played quarterback in Nebraska. I'm not that much of a win. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's 6'2", Peter's saying, so he does have size. He does. He does have youth. Yes. All right. Well, I hope they both kick the well, shit we'll out see. of you. One day. We'll see what they say because this will get to them. They will. They'll have to respond. Like you can't take this kind of disrespect right. and not respond. Right. So we'll we'll probably get a response from Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. On Good. This. Good. Thirty-two. Number thirty-one. Just ahead of them, I'm going with Deshaun Watson and David Culley. David Culley is a wild card. I know nothing about David Culley. Older. I know that. Seems like a super nice guy. Uh, Pete says he's five nine. Yes. So he's very small. And Deshaun Watson, we just don't know about his availability. Like, can he even participate in this fight, right? Yeah. I think you could just say David Culley and whoever the Texans quarterback is, you're basically saying exactly. they're He's down the list. 31. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I can't really argue that a whole lot. But I guess I'm saying David Culley could take I, Zach Taylor, no problem. I, you, you, you are saying that, yes. I think you are. 65, 65 years year old. old. Yeah. yeah, so some debate there. 30, I'm going with uh, the Denver Broncos. And I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater because okay. I think he will start week one. Sure. And Vic Fangio. Yeah. So they're 30. Yeah. Right? They're down there. They are down there. I think you could have made a good case for them being 32, honestly. Probably. If he used those two. Old man and smaller, fragile Smallish. type of yep. quarterback. Yes. Yep. You could have made a case like for them. seems like he has a mean streak to him. Seems like a very nice, yes, nice man. No doubt. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... 
every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Um, so 29 <laughs> is, this could be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the oh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, wow. 29. Wow, that does come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. That's as low on any list they'll ever be ever in their lives. Wow. Andy, I feel like, would have the desire. Andy would have the desire to fight. I agree. I just don't think he has the ability. Yeah, there's not going to be... A lot of explosion coming out of Andy. If he can get him in close quarters. That's what I mean. If he gets his hands on you, and I think he could take a punch for sure. Like, you might hurt yourself if you hit him in the the gut. (laughs) Or the butt. Or the butt, (laughs) yes. You can break your wrist. You'd be like, damn, that's I mean, that's a good point. He might be tough to... He's like one of those big bosses. And in Mahomes a video game runs around telling everybody, "I'm a beast. I'm a beast." Might be, might be show. Oh, might be more show than anything. I'm de- oh, baby, man! You saw him get hit in the head once against Cleveland, and now uh-huh. you think he's a whip. Holy uh-huh. cow! He's not the toughest quarterback out there, but <laughs> you're right. I mean, they might be. It might take a long time to right. defeat them, but I think right. ultimately they are defeated. Yeah. Okay. So All right. That's my first one. I'll say I disagree with, but you I think they should be significantly know. higher, uh, at least a little higher. I okay. think. I right. think, but I haven't put the thought into this that you. I hope social media fucking eviscerates you like they do me. <laughs> uh, Twenty-eight. So just ahead of Patrick and Andy is another Andy, Andy Dalton and Matt Nagy <laughs> for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Dalton definitely hurts them. Yeah, I think Matt Nagy seems like seems he like can a guy hang in there with the coaches, right? A nasty streak. Yeah, he's from sure. Jersey, so he's tough. But Andy Dalton, now, if this is Justin Fields week one, I think Justin Fields has the size. He is younger. Like, they move up. They move up a they big jump, up. right, if you got Justin Fields. But right? I think Andy Dalton's the week one starter. Yeah, so I expect that too. Me. I think that's the safe thing to do there. I, yes, I would think it's just Andy Dalton with a Justin Fields package early on in the year in every game. Yes. And you see where it goes from there. Okay, all yeah. right. So if Justin Fields becomes the starter – they move way up on this list. Yeah. But that's not the case right now. Uh, the next one, 27, is going to be a shock. I think it's going to surprise you. A lot of people. Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr and John Gruden. <laughs> Your guy, John Gruden, who I think... This is hilarious. Who I think... I'm putting him on this spot in this list because I think he's more bark than, than bite. bite. I, I would agree with that. He's got... He's got a real, you know, Pete's saying he's 5'10", and I would go, I don't think John Gruden's 5'10", just to let you know that. He's got, yes, he's got a bark. He's, he's got, got a, a bark. bark. He's like that little mean dog that can scare off the big dog just because you're like, wow, that's kind of loud, and he's yeah. aggressive he's there. He's got the look. Right. You'll look at him face. and be like, wow, he wants to no fight No doubt me. about it. But when the fight happens, does I, he really want to do I it? I don't think he does. No, I don't think he does. I, I would agree with that. And Derek Carr, I, I do think Derek Carr is pretty tough. I, I think Carr's tough. Yeah, he's got some muscles on him and all that too. Um, but so yeah, I hear you. I think they I, might be a little high. You know, thinking about Gruden, I don't know like the the want to for Gruden, but I think twenty seven is appropriate. For I, that. I I have no problem with that. 
Two more on the list. Just ahead of them, number 26, we're going with the GOAT. Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I, like, does Brady want to, like, Brady's not going to want to fight. They they got like the edge and feistiness about them, they but do it's have an edge. but it's old man quarterback and old man coach. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's why I think it. Like I think you can justify it. They're both are going to have the the will to fight and do all that. But yep. yeah, I don't know if the pure strength and power that's needed to be there. You know, we already know Brady's a little jumpy in the pocket to begin with right now. Very this point true. In his career, so he might not like right hooks at his head either. He's got vulnerabilities. Right. Like knee might be a little dicey. Right. You know, he has some weaknesses. Yes. That could be attacked and exploited by players higher on this list. From a pure fighting standpoint, yeah, I mean, you could have probably made them lower, honestly. I mean, I think so. You probably could have. I think Bruce, uh, Bruce is just crazy enough for me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what could he do? He's a little bit of a wild I know. Card. You never know, right? He could have had a few drinks of whiskey and be yeah. ready to go. And like, is he like, carrying a we- like, is he carrying a weapon? He didn't have a mic and be like, he'll be here. He'll be here. We're going <laughs> to sign him up. <laughs> you know yeah. how he did in the, uh, the yeah. post-celebration oh, yeah, of the Super Bowl? Right. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Like, would he snap? Would Bruce Arians yeah. in this situation right. snap? Right. And go a little too hard, right? <laughs> like ethically, he might not have ethics when it uh, when push came to shove. He might not. Uh, so uh, I like this. this they're twenty six, and the final one we'll do today is twenty fifth on the list. However, seeing what I've seen today, maybe I would have put them lower. The Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Lafleur. Aaron's lost some weight. He has, and I think that hurts him in this competition. I do. But having said that, Matt Lafleur. I mean, he Matt, Matt's a small guy. He is. Like just seeing him. But young, youth, I think he'll scrap. And Aaron Rodgers, I think he'll scrap 25th. In yeah, list. I got no problem with that. I, I'm, I'm, I hear you. Rodgers is not the biggest of guys to begin with. You're right. Right now, he definitely looks like he's lost a little weight. Lost some weight. He's getting up there in years, too. And LaFleur, yes, not a big guy who... But he might be a small – like, sometimes he has small fighters, No, there's a little fighters, something right? there. It's so, yeah. Like, he's tough and got a little edge about him. Yes. Uh, but, but you know, yeah, I don't think I, – I got no issue. I think that's pretty good there. This is what neither we sh- one are big. Neither one are, like, overly those tough personalities. But they got youth, enough athleticism. They do that. That's where they could maybe be a little tricky is the athleticism part of it. So we should, we should try to arrange this. 25 versus 26. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur versus Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. <laughs> that would be pretty Can good. Can you imagine that? Oh, that would be amazing. be a good fight. That really would be. All right, so that's the bottom eight. I love it. Those are the people that would probably get beat I'm in a Royal fan. Rumble. I'm a fan. Send all your hate to Ahmed Fareed. <laughs> he thinks all those guys are wimps. I'm just ranking quarterbacks. He's challenging these uh-huh. guys. Yeah, yeah and it, like honestly, if Zach Taylor wants to write back to this pod and give his case why he would not finish last in a coach quarterback royal rumble let us know yeah okay that'd be good it's a challenge to zach taylor out there. i'm gonna i'm gonna text gruden after this and send him that send him this <laughs> so he sends a text back <laughs> maybe he'll agree uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see uh one, one oh two more things here yeah because we got to get to rate your snap count all oh right my gosh but we before have before we do that yeah we have a big event coming up we're the big net we're the big event network honestly we're kentucky kind of derby comes deal. around uh, we got another one coming up this Sunday. The greatest spectacle in racing. 33 of the world's best drivers battle head-to-head for a chance to kiss the bricks and get a free swig of milk. It is the Indianapolis 500 on NBC. If you're watching on YouTube, Chris has right now milk 
From Indy 500. From the Indy 500. Yep. Organic whole milk. Pop it and drink it. No, thank you. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it is cool, though, like how they do that. It's a cool tradition, like in yeah. the, the milk thing and all that. Yeah. And the kissing of the bricks. Totally cool. Like, totally dirty and germy, but I'm down yeah. for it. I it, would do it, too, if I won the uh, Indy, Indianapolis 500. Yeah, it seemed, seemed still dirty even in a non-COVID environment. How right? did milk still become a it? thing? Like at the Indy 500, yeah. what's the tradition there? Yeah. That's a good question. I'm not. I'm not it is so in there. Pete said he's in there. He oh, might, hold on. Yeah, yeah. He's, he put it in a rundown. Okay, uh, in 1936, right? Lewis Meyer yeah. drank some in Victory Lane because his mother said it would refresh him on a hot day. Oh, according to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, that's why a dairy yeah. industry executive saw a marketing opportunity. Yep, and milk has been part of every race since 19. 19- 56. Wow. It took 20 years. Yeah, to get it going. It took 20 years to get it going. It's a real thing, though. It now, sense. before the race, they have to say what kind of milk they want. Whole, 2%, or skim. Ugh. Which I'm surprised. So do they not have an option, Pete, for almond milk? <laughs> Come on. Get with the times. Seriously. Seriously. No buttermilk, no almond. Because I would, like, if I drink milk, I don't like milk. Yeah. But if I do it, I will drink almond milk. Yeah. I will not drink. I'm, I'm, I don't really drink milk or anything. I, I, but if, like, I, I, I had cereal today, yeah. I want nothing but whole milk on everything. Like, if I'm having milk, it better be whole. I don't want yeah. skim milk. I yeah, mean, skim milk, not popular Of course among not. The drivers, it's white water. Pete is saying. Like, white water is gross. That just looks like dirty water to yeah. me. And so. what we've learned with nutrition, fat is not the enemy. Exactly right. right. Fat is not the enemy. Exactly right. Very so well said. Get some fat in your milk. Yes, get some fat in your life. Indy 500 this Sunday. Uh, we finish with a new tradition on this pod. Red foam. Rate your snap count. So before you make me do it again, yeah. let's, can we hear from the homies? Sure. So the first one, and Kristen, you ready with this? Uh, at J Rich X, and this one is a Black 88, a Black 88 submission from J Rich X. I like X. it. Black 88! Black 88! Sit up! Oh, all right. So, how, what's our scale? Zero to ten. That was pretty good, though. Zero to ten scale. Yeah. Um, man, it's an early submission. It's one of the first ones. You don't want to give it a ten strong. right away. I know, that's I don't. A, but that that's eight or nine ish right there. Yeah. What'd you like about it? You know, same. There's a little rhythm to it. Black eighty eight. He pauses. Black eighty eight. Like, there was a rhythm to where the offensive line and everybody can kind of expect how it's going to flow out of the mouth. Yeah. And the set hut was all kind of one word. I love it. I had a team, okay, that black 88, right, meant it was going to be on hard count. That was when you used black 88, it was another just reminder that they knew, like, you know, because they called in the huddle, right? Right. But when they're so now they don't forget because you get up to the line of scrimmage and offensive linemen are going, wait, who's the mic? And then they're talking right. to each other and everything like that. And then they forget the fucking snap count. So instead of me always having to go, you know, dick or balls or, you know, Monday or Tuesday or, you know, you know, or laying like saying something like, don't be stupid. Yeah. And like giving the clue to the defense. Right. Right. You do black 88. Yeah, I got you giggling. <laughs> why, would right you now. Go, why would you say why would you say balls? Dick on line? one balls on two. You know, those are things that were used for that. I get it. Yes. Yeah. So what? So yeah. so wait. So the Pete goes, my God. Uh, so wait. So uh, yeah. it would be a hard count. So what would that be? So give me the give me the count for right. Black 88. So, so what uh, would you do? Yeah. So you, hard count. You know, um, be Black 88. 
black idiot said, hut, hut, hut. Right? Got Just it. like that. Okay. Got it? All right? right. Yeah. Like My that, voice yeah. cracked there, I think, actually, <laughs> which is even better. It's been a while. I'm not in shape there. But, uh, yes, that is it, – it's a good way to do it without having to give the clue yes. on the hard count. But very well done from our so first submission. Are you giving him an 8.5? I'll give him an 8.5 to start off. Okay. I, wa- I want to be able to adjust his since he's first. But he'll make, he, he can resubmit. Okay. You know, he'll have to do that. But that one is an 8.5. 8.5. Uh, we have one other one here. Bane Samet. Bane. Uh, and he said, and this one's coming, is a purple 69, which may or may not be appropriate, but for this podcast, anything goes. Very appropriate. We just said dick and balls. <laughs> yes. All right, let's hear it. Purple 69. Purple 69. Say hut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Baines. Okay. We need some work there. We I do. love the submission, yeah. first off. And it sounded like he was like, was he in a work environment where he didn't want to be really loud, right? He was kind of like, Purple 69, is my boss looking? Purple 69? Um, so what I want first from our man Bane there yeah. is a little more separation between the number color, right? Let it breathe a little bit. More of a pause. You know, yeah, Purple 69. You know, you might have to send a guy in motion, right? Yeah. You might have to give a guy a signal or something like that. Everybody gets settled in. They're, they're talking to offensive linemen or community. So Purple 69. Purple 69, said hut, yeah. right? That's how you want that one to sound right there. When you get to that perp, that second purple 69, said hut, you got to have that right there. So can we yeah. play that one more time? Oh, you want to hear it again? I like to hear it one more time oh, just so I can make okay. sure I got my critiques correct. Purple 69, purple 69, said hut. I don't, the said hut's not bad. The said hut was good. It was all good one word mm-hmm. type of thing. But yeah, next time don't do it at work, all right? <laughs> and just separate them out a little bit. That yes. that would be the only the only thing there. But uh, I love it, and I love that rating, he sent though, in. We got to give the rating. Tough love. Tough love here. I'm gonna give him a. I'm gonna give him a seven. Whoa, a seven. No, a six. Okay, gotta go six. Okay, I'll go a six. I okay. was really gonna say the snap count was a five, yeah. but the fact that he gave us a facial. That's like, true. Recognition and yes. did it. Like I give him some credit for that. So I'm gonna give him a six. I'm gonna give him another point. For yep. being a video and giving that to us, dude. I appreciate that, yep. Bane. So that's the precedent now. If you if you send it via video and show your face while you're doing it, you're going to get a bump up of one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. right. You're going to get a bump up. And Bane, if you resubmit and give the mm-hmm. snap count in Bane's voice from Batman, that will be really <laughs> awesome, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> do, it, do it where you don't have to whisper and do it as Batman. Yeah. Bane and Batman. Bane okay, and Batman. There you go. Uh, what, Pete, what is this? You, you, Pete has a question here. Is Orange 77 the worst possible snap count? <laughs> it doesn't roll off. You want to Orange yeah, 77. You want things that roll off the tongue. That's why, like, Purple 69 is not the easiest rolling off the tongue. Right. You know, Blue 80. Blue eighteen, mm-hmm. blue twenty five, uh, blue twenty five, or yeah, blue forty eight, or red, or four. red four, red four. That's almost too short, right? It it's is a little too short. Syllables. Yeah, right. Red four right. is just two. Orange seventy. All right, you right. Well, I'm gonna do it again. You know it. Okay, here we go. I'm at work too, just like Bane. <laughs> Ready? Red four. Oh no. <laughs> Ah! That, was no, that, was that, that was a two. That was a two. Okay. Red four. Red that was four. That was my second. That was supposed to be after. Okay. Okay. Hold he on. got his. He got his color numbers mixed up. I love it. Hold on. Okay. Ready. Red four. Red four. Set hook. 
<laughs> oh, it's worse than all of them. I know that. That's for I sure. I like my twang. I'm gonna better. give you a four. I'm gonna give you a four okay, on the Richter four. scale. Yeah. I'm gonna when I do it again. I'm gonna have to ditch the red four. As much as I want to make red four work, it just doesn't roll off. It doesn't roll no, off. No, it messes have to up your rhythm. I'm all gonna right. have to change it. All good right. try. Good yeah. work. You know, let's thank change. you to the homies for submitting. That Seriously, was awesome. and please continue to send. I'd like to have fun with this. I mean, what else have we got to do this summer? That, those are. I'll fun. do it. We'll start doing hard count. Maybe like color. What we if could, we get like fifty of them and we just do a whole pod? We could do a bunch of stuff like that. <laughs> I give play calls. Let's see if people yeah. can spit it out the oh, right way. Yeah, I like that. You know, maybe we do that. Something like that. Maybe we, we do like a Facebook live and we make people like have to actually. I'm all for it. Okay. As long as other people or are Instagram put on the spot like Did I just me. say Facebook Live? I think I did. Yeah. yeah. You're old, man. Am I Bill Belichick over uh, here? All right. So we're, we're up to 31. We're up to 31. We'll reveal the next five on Tuesday. Tuesday. With me. I'm back. You're back, baby. Monday is Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Everybody have a great long weekend out there. I'm not... So next week will be a Tuesday, Thursday podcast session because of the Monday Memorial Day. I'm not promising you my father. I don't know anymore. I give up. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But everybody, be good. Be safe. Submit your, submit your snap count. Submit your snap counts, please. I love this. So let's continue that interaction. But uh, have a good Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy that time off. Drink one for Chris. Yep. Clap it up. Clap it up. Red four. Red four. Red four. Red Fort, say it hot! The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.